Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. to Voice of Baroja on Wellington Access Radio on Frequency 106.1. And my name is Luis and I'm the co-host today. And joining me to co-host this episode, we have Kodrian and Beth. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well, well. How are you doing, Luis? Great. Um, I'm doing great. Um, I'm down in Otipoti, Dunedin. And um, since the Maori week is coming, I thought it was a good idea for us to um, start with the karakia, just to um, acknowledge the, the Tangata Whenua and the people of the land. So if you guys may allow me, I will proceed to start with the karakia. And it says, Whakataka teho ki te uru, whakataka teho ki te tonga, kia ma kina kina kiuta, kia ma tatara kitai, e tia he ana te atakura, he tio, he huka, he hohu, and this is special for us um, as migrants to actually um, reconnect and, and to actually um, 
you know, acknowledge and, and, and build connections and bridges with the people of the land. Um, um, but today we have a special guest and we have a special topic. Um, it's a topic that um, we, it's, 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 it's a topic that we do want to discuss and to hear the insights from our guests. So join us from uh, Tamatimekoro, Auckland. We have Subin and Jovithan. So guys, how are you doing today? It's good. Yeah, I mean, all good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. No worries. Like, thanks for um, making the time to um, join us. And could you guys, do you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell the audience who you are, what you do, what's your community and what are you doing now? It started with Jobitan. Okay, so um, my name is Jobitan Rajrednam. My full name could be just gone on longer. And um, I'm a Sri Lankan Tamil. And um, I moved here with the refugee status in 2014. And I, does, um, I study at Auckland University of Technology now. And I did a biomed degree and I'm on a health science degree. Um, and... Moreover, I do community works. I work with the refugee communities. I was in the Christchurch Victim Organizing Committee when the Christchurch Mosque attack in 2019 as well. Very welcome, Jupiter and Suvin. Kia ora, tāno ko Suvin toku ingoa. So I actually emigrated to Aotearoa in the early 90s. Um, so. My mum is from Ratnapura, um, my dad's from Mirissa, um, so myself ethnically Sinhalese Sri Lankan. Um, so I worked, uh, did the model minority thing, was a digital project manager um, at an agency, um, then decided to quickly um, switch things up. And I'm actually studying uh, to become a support worker in mental health and addiction services. Uh, so I am one of the co-founders of an organization called Duality NZ. So we help bridge the, um, I guess, the dual identities that, um, I guess, young people who come from Sri Lanka and grow up in Aotearoa. So the way we see it is it's how do we honor, I guess, um, the both uh, elements of Papa that we carry uh, within ourselves. One is that whakapapa to our ancestors as well as the whakapapa of the whenua that nurtured us. Lovely to have you both guys and very welcome on the platform. So as Luis mentions today will be a very uh, special episode and it's um, it's all about you. We want to hear from you, your voice and uh, you're sharing about more into uh, we will come up to the recent uh, events that happened in, in, in Auckland. But uh, also tell us more about your work and in the into refugee communities. As you mentioned, Jubatan, you do work with them, and you were also one of the committee organized on the Christchurch attack. So, kind of why you have been so passionate to work within these uh, communities, even if the background that you come from is refugee. What make you to connect with uh, communities? Well, I think it's uh, it's more related to um, what my background was and my experience being as a refugee, living in refugee camps and detention centers. Uh, what I have experienced was the importance of um, having a community member uh, meeting you and sharing that the similar you know experience and background. It helps you to interconnect with them, 
And I found that that's, that's uniquely important because a lot of the time that administrative people come and talk to you, but you cannot share everything that you could because you don't know whether they could understand you. So I thought that, that I could be a good bridge of understanding what's administrative wants and what's also my community facing. So I could be able to facilitate both of them um, in a meaningful way. That's how I, you know, while I was in a university, started the, um, you know, the student group at the University of Auckland and also started the Youth Butterflies Project because I experienced that these are the major needs for some of the students at the university, what they were facing. And I could mediate that through uh, myself to the equity office. And also um, when I was in the Youth Butterflies Project, I could be able to connect with you know, um, young refugee backgrounds um, and understand what their needs and, you know, what they do want to do and how they wanted to identify themselves. I also worked with the National Refugee Youth Council as well. So I did the, one of the projects um, of a refugee youth camp um, in Hamilton, uh, where everyone shared their own story in a, in a one single circle. Um, it happened as a chain reaction. When most of us don't want to share it at the at the start of the conversation, but when I started, you know, sharing what my experiences and my, what my story was, and when it's gone one person to all the 20, 30 people in the whole room shared their own stories and own experience of being in the country and being in the, um, you know, embracing the identity of the of themselves, and you know, as Suvin told us that um, we do carry a dual identity and also dual experiences. Uh, from two different cultures and two different, um, you know, um, uh, places and, you know, experiences that we are still, you know, you know, trying to figure out where we are at and how we're going to cooperate them. And that's how I got inspired to be there. And the Christchurch Moskadek was um, um, a calling that, you know, someone called me, apparently, um, um, who are, I know who was working there. And I had to pack up because... Um, I thought that this is where I should be because I should be be with my own community and and I could relate with them and I could be able to communicate and bridge things that that you know um, that's just going around there because everyone are trying to figure it out because they no one had any plan or any model to manage the situation after the Mosque attack in 2019. So there was a necessary people to facilitate those services and things um, and communicate with them or the government agency because they had all the government agencies there, but they had no idea what community needs and how they're going to communicate with the community. No one prepared for this. You're right, Jupatan, and also right said about dual identity, which it's make me interested to ask a question for Suveen. Savin, how did you find your journey of resettlement? So when since you arrived in with your parents in 19th, right? How was that journey? Tell us more about this journey. Yeah, so I actually arrived in the bassinet. So I would have only been about one or two years old. Um, and it, I didn't realize it at the time, but then there is that process of uh, assimilation um that occurs if you are uh, a migrant um and the funny thing was when I was small I was um mute because I was very confused with language so because at home you know like my mom and dad like I mean would speak 
um, one language and I would go to kindergarten and I would hear another language. I just didn't talk. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so they had to get like a speech therapist to kind of get me to start talking. Um, and I guess that's a, a really good analogy of that first um, uh, level of uh, assimilation and realizing that dual identity that you carry within you. Um, and how much of that do you um, sacrifice in order to fit into this environment that's completely different from inside your own home? Um, and when you're a kid and a teenager in high school, you give up a lot. Um, you sacrifice it. Um, and then it's only as perhaps you get older, you realize the real value of that connection to that fucker papa, and then you long for it and you searched for it and that was kind of the a real driver for I guess uh, my friends and I getting together and creating duality that's um how I also feel myself I also have a double identity like everyone of us here where at home you can like carry your own whakapapa with which is where your family are from but when you go from the door outside you know you can like uh, have a different identity and what Jovitan said about the, um, the attack and, you know, serving the community, I feel like most of us also carry that responsibility to be like, it's me, I have to do it. Like, you don't have to, but it's kind of like a, in a responsibility that we feel like that we have to do it. And um, just based on um, and the current, like, events that has happened in Aotearoa, New Zealand in, in the past, you know, week, um, I want to hear your views, guys. Um, so just to recall, um, I'm talking about uh, the attack in Auckland. And um, so um, I just want to hear your views, like how did you guys receive this? Having um, to know that this guy came from, you know, he was named to be from this community and the prime ministers are like, we don't see it like ethnicity or, or anything like that. It's just the individual, but how... Is this affecting your community, the Sri Lankan community? So I can um, start from um, my point of view. Um, when I hit the story, um, the first thing that I thought was about the victims, um, the people who were at the mall and people who seen what has happened during the time and people who, you know, some of one of my friends was there as well. So the first thing that I did was messaging them and making sure they are safe and, um, you know, the experiences and stuff. I just really wanted to have the conversation with them because my first importance is just the victims. And before I deal with anything at all, victims are not just um, those people who are stabbed. The victims are people who were in the mall and people who were working nearby and people who were reading these stories and people who were attacked by hate crimes. Um, and hate speeches, um, especially young people who, you know, had these identities of Sri Lankan, um, you know, refugees and Muslims. And, you know, that, that's where my concern was because I so-called have this, um, you know, um, um, you know, a broad view into who am I concentrating on? And then I looked at it and I said, all right, so I'm going to focus on people who are affected by it. And that's what I did. I messaged people and I asked people um, to message each other. And that's what we shall do now because, um, you know, we don't want to do anything, you know, in regard to saying who it is. And I don't care who it is. 
you know um you know um i don't care you know what the person was and i'm not giving importance to the identity of the person i'm giving importance to the victims at the first cool and uh Sylvain? yeah so for myself um i re- received a couple of messages from friends um you know did you hear about what happened um how's your you know i had one message saying how's your community doing i was like my community what what's this person talking about um so i ran upstairs and then that's when um i guess my mom got the same messages and then that's when we all sat down and watched the television to um i guess receive um the announcements and you know you feel that sense of tenseness um and then when it felt like it was repeated you know when that repetition of sri lankan the terrorist was a sri lankan national as though that was the only piece of information that was relevant um it just felt like it just rang out and watching it unfold um and then of course the announcement that um the attacker was in fact a sri lankan national and the fact that it was repeated um during the report and of course you would go on your phone you'd see the articles and then the terrorist was a sri lankan national was on every single article and update um and then of course the group chats are flying through as well um and the first thing was i guess yeah christ you know like we we already have like that trauma of the past um and seeing the narrative of isis ideology um i had a concern for like the muslim final within our sri lankan community and that was my main concern that we we lost you again we oh. understand that with it to speak sorry i think we lost you again um probably you can turn off your camera and just like talk just just we can have the your view yeah yeah i can do that how's that is that is that a lot better yeah i can yeah, that, that that's better now yeah so the concern um especially within the team at duality was um we understand within um households that speaking out when there is casual islamophobia or any type of racism is difficult and that's when we put out that first post of um you know standing up uh for the sri lankan muslim community and standing up against any islamophobia that we um may hear within our community and within our households and then after that that's when i guess um the sense of sadness um embarrassment and shame on the sri lankan identity came um and we actually sent out a survey 
uh, throughout our community and we got over two like we got 200 responses um sharing those same sentiments um there was a real sadness embarrassment um that once we heard that I guess the way that it was portrayed as a Sri Lankan national and there was a fear of what the effects to our community um, would be because um, we understand that we are a collective. It's all well and good for, you know, Jacinta to say this is an individual, this isn't connected to any um, ethnicity or faith, but we know our experience um, and we know that we had that collective experience. So we knew that there was going to be a detrimental impact to our community. Um, and that's when, even within the surveys, people were talking about a fear of discrimination um, for their kids in school and workplaces, um, talking about the suspicion of the public because of this labelling um and you know a lot of us as Sri Lankans we come from a lot of trauma that comes with that label of terrorism um you know for the past 40 years so to all of a sudden to have that label just to be associated to the entire nation um I think was deeply hurtful um, and so like from the duality point of view, we wanted to make sure that the proper mental health, um, I guess services were provided. So on top of the post, we would try and have, um, events of breath work to kind of get us through. Um, we've been working with Ministry of Ethnic Communities, um, with the data that we received from that survey to see what can be done about um, labeling in media because we understand that it's their job. However, the detrimental effects to communities is evident. Um, so therefore, we feel there should be some guidelines around how to best protect those communities Yeah. yeah, I think um, I, it, it's more of my concern as well um, regarding to, you know, what shall should be, have done regarding, um, you know, identifying specific part of community or labeling, um, you know, uh, something as a negative um, event with, uh, uh, with, the, um, even with the community or an identity. Um, um, the thing that I, most people don't know that, that um, about the Easter attack um, in Colombia, um, that's also cost 200 lives uh, back in Sri Lanka. So a lot of people don't know that, um, which was also um, done um, as, an, um, as a repetition to the mosque attack in New Zealand. Um, and a lot of people don't know that, that most of us also impacted because of those events has happened in, the, in New Zealand as well. So there is um, a lot of Sri Lankans um, do share that, um, you know, that experience with us um, and most people don't know whoever, you know, trying to put the label on and, you know, um, you know, showcasing the specific part of their speech and telling us that, you know, all slangers are like that. And 
and you know that's that's kind of um um people who don't know what has happened to us um in in um easter after the mosque attack in 2019 so um it could be um you know both sided of knowing what it is it could be better that you know um i i understand that, that the victims do we do have responsibility to the victims to tell them that who it is and how it is and what has happened and also probably have the necessity to understand and know but still they we do have a responsibility for all of us um not just only one person or a specific part of person and that's something that as Sarin said that um I had had discussion with multiple people regarding what shall be done in the future um towards um reducing that negative association with the specific part of any part of community race you know um sexuality you know religion or anything at all and how that could be better avoided yes guys um thank you for sharing your views and um, maybe just a little bit adding from also from my point of view it's about it's shame on media mentioning the backgrounds of the person they mentioned the ethnicity this is my question for the media because he was here till 2011 or 12 and probably from that process he is a resident or, or citizen i think something like that but the question is when we become a new zealanders another things want to say the responsibility is for the government failure in the system of detaining him if he wasn't known he was uh, from his extremist idea ideology and etc been watching so why he was in a community why he was in a community the system low the questions there's a lot of this why spending too much money into sur- surveillance and all of that and then they know there's a danger into community and then they wait until something happened then start labeling communities and making because now the impact is also big on a surrounding community impact is big on our muslim family impact is big or ethnic background in general if any of you want to comment more or maybe beth louise call for a question yeah i i, I want to just tackle that um in terms of media labeling and the effect that it has on communities um you know phrases like lone wolf and then the whole this is not us we think to love saying that comes out um but like you said um you know he came in 2011 um and it you mentioned failures within the system because there was a story in the guardian about how during the, his trial in 2018 um a proven de-radicalization program based on community care was put together and presented and was also accepted by the crown as the best way forward however the police opted to choose surveillance and monitor techniques and then whilst they were going through their surveillance and monitoring process um they refused any collaboration um with this doctor who is a specialist in um radicalization and just understanding the process because radicalization isn't connected or linked with ethnicity or faith um and it's sad that i have to say the christchurch 
um, mosque attacks show that because that shows what the connotations are. However, um, it's a whole body of study and it's a whole social issue that has its own body of research that we need to acknowledge within this country. Saying that this is not us is not good enough when we have failures within the system and engagement with the proper expertise and research to help actually protect our communities in a meaningful way. Yep. And I yeah. think I would agree with um, Sabine um, that um, it's you know uh, calling us um, this is not us, and um, you know call, you know putting that thing as a lone wolf act, and even uh, Prime Minister coming up. So you know uh, the next uh, uh, interview on the conference and talk about like this is not um, you know representing a specific community or you know he acted by himself. I do think that it's too late. Um, to be honest, if um, the prime minister thought about what the consequences to the community, she would have not said Sri Lankan um, at the first in, uh, first conference. And um, I do feel like, um, you know, as, as he mentioned regarding uh, radicalization, extremism, extremism exists everywhere. Um, it needs a large body of, um, you know, research and large body of interventions that need to be done, regardless of ethnicity, race, you know, any form of class, uh, any form of identity at all. Um, and could say um, the impact in our community is very large. And solely talking about my um, identity itself, can you ask how many people ask me where are you from? I would really ask them, please stop, don't ask me where I'm from. I'm in here in New Zealand. I have resettled since 2014. I have been here and recognized as a citizen now. So I don't want anyone asking me where I am from. I would like them to ask me uh, what sort of identity you have, um, you, know, um, you know, what you prefer identifying yourself as. Um, you know, then I could just say um, I identify as a, um, Sri Lankan Kiwi, or I could say I identify as a both, um, you know, um, Sri Lankan uh, Tamil and uh, and uh, and a New Zealander. So uh, there is a problem on people recognizing who I am first. That starts from there, and the second is um, things that we don't see that could happen potentially affect our community as uh, discrimination. So systematic discrimination is very big because these ideologies, these thoughts and these medias change people's perspectives. And especially when you, when a Sri Lankan apply for a job or a Sri Lankan go to a university, student, you know, um, a Sri Lankan goes to, um, you know, make a friend, there is always a judgment on people because human judge. Um, and there is always the perspective judgment. And that is, I do feel like um, something that we, you know, strongly fight against, you know, refugee community especially, we has been fighting since ever, you know, we were here uh, for years and years. We were fighting against that labels and issues associated with people's perspectives around what refugee and, you know, who refugees are. And that's a big problem. And that is the big consequence that I could see because that's the thing that that's, we cannot avoid. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, regardless, because, you know, it's not going to be a word, it's not going to be a, um, you know, a talk or action, if more of a systematic um, uh, discrimination, um, which is what we cannot avoid. And that's a big consequence to our community. 
and especially um, uh, if you look at the um, uh, the person, um, you know, uh, the terrorist who carried out the act. Um, the person is uh, from Sri Lankan Tamil community and also from Muslim community, and um, also from um, their specific place, um, um, uh, you know, which is east and the north. And um, he was from east, uh, eastern province. So the big problem uh, for us is we cannot go out and just, um, you know, tell, you know, be comfortable enough to tell someone um, that I'm a Sri Lankan Tamil um, refugee and, um, you know, I am carrying that identity. I cannot represent that identity without just, you know, um, thinking about my consequences of being identified as that. I experienced that over my years of um, being in New Zealand. As at any moment, did I ever felt, um, you know, I'm a New Zealander? I have felt throughout the years, but was I be uh, recognized as a New Zealander? I never felt that I was recognized as a New Zealander. I always been uh, looked at as someone who was different than who is a New Zealander is. So that's the problem that we had to fix is the narrative of people thinking I am a New Zealander. That's what I wanted because um, it's no point me um, thinking that I am a New Zealander. I do think that I'm a New Zealander, but I cannot change what people think of me rather than meeting about myself. That was um, well said, um, Jobitan. And we know that we have to do so much work to be done from the community side and also from the government side, because they're actually the ones that could implement those policies. Uh, my final question to, to you um, is, what steps could we take moving forward for now? What sort of things you can, you want to see you know, change in the community. I think um, Sabine could yeah. Um, uh, yeah, start I can, on it. Yeah, I can go. Uh, two, three. Uh, so now I guess we see um, the government um, moving quite quickly with certain anti-terrorism legislation. Um, now, my concern personally is we've seen in the past in 2018 that when presented with community care and research-based um, programs um, that they chose to actually go with the surveillance and monitor techniques on our community. Now with the, I guess, fast tracking of these new anti-terrorism uh, legislation, what is the effect going to be on us is my concern. And there's not a lot of visibility um, and it scares me, to be honest, um, because, you know, it's like a very knee-jerk reaction. You know, all the narratives around the story now was, why was he here? Why wasn't he deported? And I fear for, um, you know, refugee um especially with the crisis in Afghanistan. Um, what is the Aotearoa that we're trying to build for the future? And with this knee-jerk reaction, these anti-terror legislation changes, I do fear um, what that brings with it. Um, in terms of what I would like to see in the future, 
what we experience as a community once that Sri Lankan national label was presented to Aotearoa throughout all the news networks is what our what Pacific Island and Tangata Fenua Goth and Muslim have gone through for years. And I think this incident needs to be a huge wake-up call on guidelines on how you protect communities. You can't have um, a discussion of protecting community without actually knowing the effect that media and narrative um, link into it. Um, you know, the fact that I heard about someone getting a message saying, sort your people out. That would never um, occur if, say, the attacker was German or English. There are certain communities within Aotearoa that do need those that protection. And that's some of the, I guess, frameworks and um, guidelines I'd like to see implemented in terms of media reporting for the future. I think for me, um, I would just come with three things that, that I really wanted as a, a big step that could be taken by um, government or institutions and even people who are listening to our radio now. Um, think that, that you could do um, is, uh, number one, as you said, is there need to be a big guideline and big legislative change or an amendment should be done regards to, you know, how, um, you know, um, identifying specific community with the negative events. It has been happening ever since, even for Maoris, even for Pacific Islands. Um, you know, any ethnic minorities, it could be potentially a big effect on them. This is how it has happened in the US for black community. And these associations further facilitate these perspectives and narratives. And this affect anyone who is going to be a professionally uh, people who are on these boards systematically going to decide what, you know, um, life or death for someone else going to be, um, you know, carrying this perspective with them in their professional life, because that's, this affects the young generation. Now they're going to be the future leaders. And if you don't act right now and tell them that this is wrong, these are the narrative that you should not be carrying. And this could, potentially affect their future perspectives into, you know, who this community is and how this community is. And I associate things with them. It's, I do think that it's uh, too early to uh, be on. And I've been on placement on the front line for emergency services. And uh, the thing that I understood is a lot of the time that um, a lot of the call um, uh, you know, um, um, have a lot of association and how it could be. And there is a lot of perspectives on, you know, um, it's kind of a picturing a picture, right? It's kind of a first impression effect. Um, uh, when you see someone, what your thoughts are, um, it could be changed if we associated this uh, specific negative events with ethnicity, race, and these identities are. A lot of us do carry them. We can omit, you know, our own identity. I cannot tell myself that I was not a refugee. And because that experience carries with myself and that decide what my future is, that decide my passion, and that decide my commitment to my own community. And not just by saying my own community, my own community is New Zealand. Um, everyone in this uh, country, um, you know, I'm 
you know, um, I do feel like I do have the responsibility to give back or um, do things positively for my own community, as I say, all New Zealand. The second thing would be, um, um, you know, hate speech and hate crime. Um, I think that that in 2021, after the mosque attack in 2019, um, they did had discussion in 2020 um, regarding legislative changes to the Crime Act, um, um, but it not proceeded well. Um, it should be uh, further proceeded to indict um, um, further, um, you know. Um, uh, 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 you know, uh, amendment to the Crimes Act so they could be prosecuted well. And uh, certain things that could be uh, mentioned here is um, the changes could be done regarding to inciting a hate crime. It could be direct and indirect. So uh, discrimination could be direct discrimination, could be indirect discrimination that could be mentioned over there. And even uh, telling your friend that someone as someone from that ethnicity is wrong, it's also a hate speech um, 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 that should be accounted as indirect incitement of a hate, um, which is also should be entitled to the hate crimes um, into the crime sect. Um, that's something that I really wanted to happen. The third thing is. Um, as he said, a uh, lot of the time when negative things are associated with us, there is no uh, reason of the, you know, that, that's what we call in, in the crime sector, right? Um, when a prosecution comes in, you have to have a uh, reasonable benefit of the doubt that never been given to our, you know, our community at all. Um, there is, you know, always that quicker um, you know, association of a negative event and we just straight ahead to say, oh, Sri Lankans are terrorists. That's you know that's you know that's the perspective that we need to change and everyone received the you know um, you know um, you know reasonable um, uh, benefit of the doubt uh, which means that that you, you know uh, you know in new zealand legal system that you have to provide uh, sufficient evidence to prove someone committed a crime so why because we wanted to protect innocent people more than um, you know protecting um, someone who is a you know prosecuting someone who is a criminal, so which is important because innocent life you know um, it's no right to do that. Um, it could cause a massive uh, problem in a in a in a in a consecutive years and in future um, uh, New Zealand. It could be a big problem um, that could happen to the country. And we don't want it to happen. And and the other thing that could say we experience terrorism uh, we experience war we experience um, conflict and um, in in terms of those experiences that you know that's how I do see myself is I could better empathize with uh, with the victims and that could be something that that you know um, I would tell them to understand that you know Sri Lankan refugees also understand and empathize with what has happened. Um, you know, we are not going to go and justify the person. Um, and the other thing is, um, could be be open-minded about people. That's something that I wanted personally for everyone who is listening um, today. Just be open-minded about people and ask. Don't ask them where they are coming from, where they are from, and ask them. You know, um, what identity do you carry with, and you know, how do you identify yourself? It's better than you just you know, putting that word in their mouth and asking them whether they are Sri Lankan or not, because you want that answer. 
and you're expecting them to speak about it rather than you asking them what they want them to be right you know and that's something that i really wanted to be you know happen from now on um yeah there are obviously like people who are listening to us right now um from the refugee community sri lankan community and the muslim community who can relate to you know frustration and what you're going through um what are kind of like your advices and how to navigate like being targeted um while taking care of their well-being as well i think um the thing that um from the things that i have collectively understood the thing that I, you know i has been dealing with after that um, even last week i have got a couple of calls and i has been dealing with community members who have experienced direct issues because they identify themselves already in their workplaces and already in public spaces as who they are as a slankan um tamils and slankans and muslims and you know uh, people with uh, these identities they already been comfortably identify themselves there has been experience certain issues um you know within you know there was a 15 year old who had an issue um that i have to be able to manage that with the person and the thing that i would tell our community is um just don't afraid to be yourself you be be, be yourself and if someone is discriminatory if they are doing a hate speech do you know um um you know record it right and you also have the right to um complain about it to the police you can call triple one with hate crime um you know and a hate speech um it's considered offensive as well it can be digital and it can be uh, even public spaces it can be in, in front of your face it's also indirect incitement it can be considered and you know if someone is telling someone to you know uh, put hate towards you um that is so also considered offensive and it could be you know uh, prosecuted as well so you could call the police for it and also record the event collect evidences the only thing that that you cannot fight which is indirect discriminations and the thing that you could do is better protect yourself and talk to someone about it and human rights commission do you have the good compliance system because they are the better people at analyzing whether there is an indirect discrimination because there are some form of evidence that will be left out if you experience an indirect discrimination and that could be you know something that you could do you can complain to human rights commission for a human rights uh, tribunal which is you know a you know factorial like a court that you go and you know tell the um tell the judge regarding what has happened to you and you share your experiences and show them that this is how you felt and they could be better at you know telling the people who have done that to you you know what sort of uh, outcomes that they you know that uh, judge expected them to see and um the other thing that i would mention is um never stop being who you are because you cannot avoid it your identities are who you are you cannot ever going to just say i'm not going to be a sri lankan anymore i'm going to hold an another identity you you're never going to be comfortable at it so why do you want to go for it and i would really say just embrace it and this is the time that you should and you shall and the moreover 
if you ever wanted to talk to one of us, like Serene uh, works with Duality and um, I works with uh, my own community and with the refugee community as well, with the students as well. So if you have experienced any of it and want to talk to us, you are happy to do so. And I think that um, the post, they will leave some information regarding how to connect with us. And you are welcome to come to us and talk to us and we would be happy to assist you and talk you through what your experiences were because that's very important, the sharing. You know, uh, talk to someone about it and talk to your family members or talk to us, talk to your community members regarding it, because we are the better people to tell you, you know, how you can face it, how you can manage it. And I think that's it. Um, yeah, and I guess from my perspective, um, anyone who resonates with what we've been talking about so far, um, we know we are seen and treated as a collective. And what I want to say is the onus is not on us to apologize. Um, we should never shrink or detach ourselves from our identity, whether it be our ethnicity or faith. Um, and know that you're not alone in feeling this way because I went grocery shopping um, with my mom because I didn't feel comfortable um, I think both of us wanted to go out and just go outside and the grocery shopping is our trip away. That's the holiday. So we went out and it was a tense feeling. And I know that feeling would be shared by a lot of others as well. And the fact that we were at the dinner table later on and my mom shared those feelings of ten um, tenseness, um, that was heartbreaking for me. And that's the effect that media narrative carries with it. And that's why it's so important to call out. Um, in terms of, yeah, um, feel free to reach out to Duality, um, uh, Ministry of Ethnic Communities as well. Also, Counselors of Colour is a really good service, um, as well as... Um, reporting it through the 105 um, service um, linked with the police. Um, they do record it all and they do label it as um, hate crime. So if you do come across it, it's very important that information is captured um, because that will provide us with um, that data to really push the hate speech legislation later on. But um, know that you're not alone. Um, we feel it as well. And yeah, that's really it. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> cool. Thank you so much, guys. And we are just coming to end of this episode. It took whole episode. This was just uh, great to hear from you both. And uh, thank you so much again for your time, for your coming, which uh, what I want to say in the final words to before closing this, Finish that terrorism in all it is kind having no place in Aotearoa. Thank you again. And our thoughts are with the victim's family and our thoughts are within the Sri Lankan community as well who are facing this um, kind of racism and discriminations happening. And also with all people affected from Muslim, Fano, ethnic, all the people. And want to say we will str be strong together. Kiekaha to all. That will be our message. Think about that. We are stronger together. Alone, you are not strong. And we are all here for this beautiful Aotearoa. Thank you again. And we are going to end this episode.
leave you with this song. Enjoy the song. Cheers.
That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.